Hi, this is Crystal and welcome to Dreaming of Heaven. Today's video is titled End Times Deceptions Part 1, Lucifer the Angel of Light. In today's teaching, I'll be going over a quick vision that I was given upon waking up in the early hours of the morning on September 2nd, 2022. Um, I will be going through a lot of scripture um, and as always, the scripture will be on the screens. Now, just to let everybody know that this video is actually a re-upload. The original version of this video was uploaded on the 10th of September, 2022. And I had made a few mistakes in here that I needed to correct. Nothing major. Um, it doesn't change the content of what was in the video beforehand. So for anyone who has seen it, feel free to watch again if you like, but if not, no problem. In this very quick vision I had, I was standing looking at these lights that go up on 9-11 every year where the Twin Towers were taken down. As I was looking at these lights, I was told they were Nelly Furtado. Now, Nelly means shining light and Furtado means illegitimate. For anyone that doesn't understand what 9-11 was really about and how it was actually a satanic sacrifice, then I urge you to go and watch some so-called tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist videos uh, over on Rumble or Odyssey or Brighton or anywhere like that, not mainstream media. Now, what was the Lord trying to tell us about these lights? Well, he was trying to tell us that these are the illegitimate lights of Lucifer. He was confirming that yes, these lights and what happened that day was Lucifer's doing. But he was also confirming with me what he showed me back on the 14th of August. On the 14th of August, I was woken up with an audible word that literally just said a year. I don't know why, but I knew I needed to look at Revelation and Daniel and as I was reading through them, I was given Daniel 7.25. And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand for a time, times and dividing of times. After this, I looked at when we were given over to Satan to be worn out. This all ties in when the abomination that causes desolation was set up. He kept going over with me the word setup you need to look at the setup well that was on march 11th 2020 when the plan demonic was declared now at first i thought the year meant the time times and half a time was only two and a half years because when you look in strongs they're actually the same word um but i was not reading that correctly because uh even though they are the same word in strongs there is plurals now, having said that, you know, the Lord still managed to lead me to the end date of September 11. Two and a half years or three and a half years from March 11th is September 11. You know, this is why September 11 is so important. Now, this vision was also prompting me to do this teaching. So I've had a few people say, to me that these Vs aren't the mark because of man-made doctrines and misinterpretations. Saying things like it will be a literal mark or it will be an obvious choice. 
Well, yes, while it has always been a choice, we need to remember that Satan is the master deceiver. And there is no way he is going to stand in front of you and say, would you like to take my mark? Of course he isn't going to do that. Now, we're going to cover these two things plus so many more of his crafty deceptions as we go along. So first of all, I'd like to have a look at how the Bible describes Satan. So in 2 Corinthians 11 verses 14 through to 15, it states, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as ministers of, of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. So these ministers spoken about here are the wolves in sheep's clothing that lead their flocks astray. These are Satan's ministers. These are the ones that are more concerned about congregation numbers and their popularity and their tithes than they are about actually preaching the truth. Some of these ministers did start to preach the truth at the beginning, but when the persecution came from their congregations, they stopped. These are known as the seeds that fall on stony soil, as per Matthew 13. So those seeds that fall on stony soil aren't just the church members. It can also be the church elders and pastors and ministers. And when the tribulation or persecution came because of this hard to hear word about where we're at in time, they became offended. Was it pride that snuck in? I don't know, maybe. So in Matthew 21:32, it says, For John came to you in the ways of righteousness, and you believed him not, but the publicans and the harlots believed him, and you, when you had seen it, repented not afterwards, that you might believe him. So the publicans, these are the tax collectors and the harlots, these are the prostitutes, they heeded the words of the Lord, but the chief priests and elders did not. So again, this is the same as the pastors and ministers did not. And even when they did see that, okay, maybe this is what's going on in the world today, they repented not afterwards. And maybe that is the pride. So why did they not heed the words back then in Jesus' day? It's because they were so set in their ways that they didn't like Jesus questioning them to upset the apple cart of their institution per se. It was only the day prior to this that Jesus was in there, was in there flipping tables, remember? So because they had turned the house of God into a den of thieves. So again, it was all about money, 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 and not about preaching the truth and the ministry. So there really is nothing new under the sun. The same thing is happening in the majority of churches today. And no, I'm absolutely not saying this is every church and every pastor, because there are some amazing ones out there who are preaching the truth. There are ones over in Canada who during all the lockdowns refused to shut their churches and were thrown into jail. Um, you know, there, there really are some who stand firm on the word of God. So how else does the Bible describe Satan or Lucifer? So here is how Strong's describes him. So H1966, Halil, light bearer, Shining One, Morning Star, Satan, 
and the King of Babylon. So I think Ezekiel 28 paints a really good picture of the shining one who masquerades as an eight, uh, as an angel of light. Sorry. So let's read from verse 12. Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the, upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardis, topaz and diamond, the beryl, the onyx and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald and the carbuncle, and gold, the workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in all thy ways from the day that thou wast created, till iniquity was found in thee. So here it clearly states that he was perfect in all of his beauty and he was full of wisdom that he was in the Garden of Eden and that he was the anointed cherub. He was perfect until iniquity was found in him. This verse goes on to say that because of the multitudes of his merchandise, he had filled himself with violence and has sinned. It then says that his heart was lifted up because of his beauty and that he was corrupted because of his brightness. And then it goes on to say that he defiled the sanctuaries of the multitudes of his iniquities. So let's have a look at what the multitudes of his merchandise are. Satan is the serpent. I think that we can all agree on that. So what is the multitude of his merchandise that filled him with violence and caused him to sin? Well, let's read it, Revelation 18.23. And the light of the candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by their sorceries were all nations deceived. So Satan's group of merchants were the great men of the earth. It was by their sorceries, which is pharmakia in the Greek, which is G5331, which is where we get the word pharmaceuticals from, that all nations were deceived. So let's have a closer look at some of these logos that I have across the bottom of the screen here. So the first one is the rod of Asclepius. So this is the pagan god of healing. Now, this is a demigod or the false god worship, just like many, many stories in the Bible taught us all about. Now, the last one that's pictured down the bottom there is the caduceus, which is the staff of Mercury, which is known as the messenger of gods. So again, all of these are the demigods. These are the fallen ones that want your worship. So Satan doesn't care which God you worship, as long as it's not the most high God, as long as it's not Yahweh, the creator of all. Now, as for the other logos that are along the bottom of the screen, uh, one of them is the Who, another is a hospital, another one is the Baphomet, which is the, uh, the 
statue that is in the Satanic Church, another is an ambulance logo, and the last is your typical farmer logo. So Satan is hiding in plain sight, but those who are veiled due to their iniquity cannot see these things. So let's move on and take a look at some of Satan's many deceptions just to see how he has never changed since the beginning of time. So I'm going to take you all the way back to the very beginning. If in doubt, start at the beginning. In the Garden of Eden, Satan was the serpent who was wrapped around the pole or the staff or the rod or the tree, whatever you'd like to call it. These are all one in the same. So let's have a look at what he said to Eve in Genesis 3, 4. Sorry, 3, 4, 2, 5. <laughs> and the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God does know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So what was the deception here? Ye shall not surely die but ye shall be as gods. So what did our friend Yule from the World Economic Forum say? We are now basically the gods of planet Earth and we're upgrading humans into gods. Again, there is nothing new under the sun. What has been done is what will be done. The whole world was told that this injectable is safe and effective without any thorough trials or testing and warp speed timing to get this onto the market. They even refused to disclose their ingredients. People still went ahead and signed the serpent's contracts. Why? Because they were too busy. They had things to do. They wanted life to go on. They didn't want to wait on the Lord, just like in the days of Moses and Aaron. When the Israelites were in the wilderness, they kept complaining because they couldn't wait on God's time. So what did God do to try and bring them to repentance? He sent fiery serpents among them. Today, he has sent plagues to bring us to repentance. Some have and some haven't. People have not recognized this as God's judgment. If they did, they would have got down on their knees to repent, but they just didn't. Now, Haggai 2.17 says, I smote you with blasting and with mildew and with hail in all the labours of your hands, yet ye turned not to me, saith the Lord. God sends plagues upon people to bring them to repentance, but people are either so blind by the schemes of the enemy or are too prideful that they think they don't have anything to repent for. So Isaiah 30.15 says, For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in repentance and rest shall ye be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength and salvation. And you would not repent. So what did God do? He gave them what they wanted. A serpent on a pole to cure them. Both back then and today, there is no difference. So what are some of Satan's other deceptions? One of the biggest deceptions of Satan today is that he has managed to convince the masses that the mark will be obviously known to them. Revelation 19.20 clearly states that it will be a deception 
But as always, people underestimate the power of Satan. So let's read 1920, Revelation, sorry, 1920. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of burning fire and brimstone. So in Genesis 3.1, it states that the serpent is more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God has made. We were warned from the very beginning just how crafty and deceptive he is. Think about this. So if Satan managed to get one third of the angels in heaven to follow him, what makes you think he can't have that power over you? These angels were in heaven, in the presence of God, just like Adam and Eve were in the presence of God. But how does he do it? Because he masquerades. Oh, sorry, my words are not working because he masquerades as an angel of light. Now, as for the mark, you need to understand that the television, or as we call it, tell lie vision, have programs. These are just one of the devices that Satan uses to spread his lies and his programming. There's a reason why they're called programs. End times movies have programmed the masses to believe that the mark will be a physical stamp on their foreheads or on their right hand. Another way he deceives people is by the vast multitudes of Bible translations out there. So most of these translations have changed the mark from being in your forehead or right hand to being on your forehead or right hand. Now, there is a huge difference to something being in you and something being on you. And this is why Bible study is so important. So we need to look at the original text to find the truth. So the word in, in the Greek, is epi. So this is like as in epidural or epipen. So both of these are injected into you. Now, one of these is to stop labor pains. Hence the reason why those who took the mark can't feel the birth pains. When Jesus says, ears to hear and eyes to see, he's talking about hearing and seeing with your spiritual eyes and ears and not your carnal eyes and ears. Now Romans 8.7 says that the carnal mind is enmity against God. This is why Galatians 5.6 says, this I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. The lusts of the flesh are the worldly things, things that people were so eager to get back to. They were so eager that they signed a contract with the enemy. Is your soul really worth a holiday? Is it worth a job, an event, a concert, or a dinner? If you live in the flesh, then yes, but if you live in the spirit, then you mortify the deeds of the body, just like in Romans 8.13. So you must deny yourself and pick up your cross daily. Again, it says this in Luke 9.23. So because Satan has kept us so, so, so busy, instead of waiting on God's timing, people convinced themselves that this was not the mark so they could get back to life. Now, in my previous videos, I've done some pretty in-depth studies about the forward being your mind, which is your metapon, 
and your right hand being your actions or who you're in right standing with. So I'm not going to cover that again. Um, if you want to get the context for yourself, all you need to do is type in right hand and forehead into your Bible app and read all the verses that talk about these things and you will soon see that it denotes your thoughts and your actions. It is not a physical mark on you. It is a spiritual mark in you and Satan is not going to ask you to receive his mark. He is going to deceive you into receiving it just like we read which is on the screen there in Revelation 19 and 20 with which he deceived them that received the mark of the beast. Now I hear you asking, why did majority of the churches promote this and even told their congregations that it wasn't the mark? After all, these are the people that are closest to God. I hear you. <laughs> well, apart from what I went over earlier, I think the parable of the wedding banquet banquet explains it so perfectly and this is what the Lord kept sending me to every time I asked this question myself. So let's read Matthew 22 verses 2 to 10. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which is God, which made a marriage for his son, which is Jesus, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come into the marriage. But they made light of it, and they went their way, one to his farm and another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers, and burnt up their city. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden are not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out to the highways, and gathered together all as many as they could find, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. So as you can see here, those who should have been closest to the king did not want to come. Instead, they made light of it. So what does that actually mean? It means they did not take it seriously. So when they went their way to their farms and to their merchandise, that's what they did. These people had a form of godliness but denied its power. That's what 2 Timothy 3.5 speaks about. This is exactly what it is. It says in that same verse to turn away from such people. So after this, the remnant treated the king's servants spitefully and slew them. So us trumpets who have been out here trying to warn the masses are the ones who have been treated spitefully by this prideful remnant. So this is exactly how the Sadducees and Pharisees treated Jesus who came as a servant who warned them of these things. But what did they do to him? They slew him. So now going back to the parable of the king, no one close to me will come. So go out into the highways and bring me anyone who will listen, both good and bad. 
So that's exactly what they did. So verse 14 of that chapter says, for many are called, but few are chosen. Did you heed the call? Or were you too wrapped up in the cares of this life? Matthew 20:16 also says, so the last shall be the first and the first shall be the last. For many are called, but few are chosen. So those who were the last to come to the faith shall be the first because those who were first did not listen to the calling. And this is exactly why Matthew 18.3 Matthew 18, says you need to be converted and become like little children to enter the kingdom of heaven. This is because little children, they want to learn. But adults, they're so set in their ways. They are prideful. They are stubborn. They are arrogant. And this is also why John 3.3 3, it says that Jesus answered and said to him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You need to be born again of the spirit, which means dying to the world and dying to the flesh. Remember that many are called, but few are chosen. So I ask you, did you hear the call? Now I hear you asking. Well, when was the call? So we find out when that call was in Matthew 24. So we're going to go into some pretty deep study here because Matthew 24 is filled with Satan's deceptions and the doctrines of men. So we're going to concentrate on verses 15 through to 22. So let's read this and then we will break it down line by line with study. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand. Then let them which are in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which are in the fields return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, and to them which give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor shall ever be. And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So like I said, we really need to break this down. We're going to start with verse 15. When you, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand. Now, for anyone that hasn't seen my mingling of the seeds revealed Mark of the Beast video, I'm going to do a recap on the abomination. So what is the abomination as spoken of by Daniel the prophet? So Daniel 9:27, and for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation, and that determined shall be poured out upon the desolate. We need to break all the words down in here and do a word study because none of them mean anything that you first think. So overspreading is H3671, which means wing, edge, or border of shirt. Consummation is H3617, which means consumption, 
destruction, annihilation, termination, or full end. Desolate. H8074. To be desolate. To be deflowered. To be deserted. To be appalling, devastate, or ruin. So let's break that down and understand what all that actually means. So if you go and ask any child where their wings are, or if you go and ask anyone where the edge or the border of their shirt is, they will point to their arm, which is where the abomination is set up on the wing of the temple. Now, this is the third temple, the living temple not made by hands. We are the temple of God. And you can go and you can do some study on that yourself. So 2 Corinthians 6.16 says it perfectly. So I'm not going to keep going over this because I have gone over it in a few videos. Now, to make desolate, even to the consumption, annihilation, which is until death. So this is a spiritual or physical death. And that determined shall be poured out upon the desolate. Now, thinking in the Bible, what gets poured out on those who take the abomination that causes desolation? It is God's bowls of wrath that actually get poured. So you can read that in Revelation. His bowls are actually getting poured. So that's what's getting poured out onto those who take these abominations. Okay, so we've seen the abomination happening all around us. We know what it is. It is in the wing of the temple that makes us completely desolate. And it is until our complete destruction and utter end and annihilation and until God's bowls of wrath get poured out. Now, when did we first see it, this abomination that causes desolation? Because it says when you see it standing in the holy place. So when did we see that? So we saw this on the 8th of December, 2020. Now, again, I, I'm going to direct you back to the mingling of the seeds revealed video that I did. Okay, because this will talk about how God's name is encoded within every single strand of our dinner, which is our D to the N to the A. And with the things that are in these injectables, they are changing that, okay? So when we first saw this start to happen, that's when we saw it standing in the holy place. So now, once we see this, the next verse instructs us what to do. So let's read verses 16, 17 and 18. Then let them which are in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. Now, these three verses here really require some major breaking down because carnally minded people think that the abomination is on a temple building. And that people literally in Judea will flee to the mountains and they're going to be sitting on their housetops and they can't even go get their clothes. I tell you, this could not be further from the truth. So Luke 8.10 says, And he said to you, 
It is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. So this is the difference between the carnal and the spiritual minds. So I'm going to explain to you what this means. Well, fleeing into the mountains is a reference to Lot. So we read about that in Genesis 19:17, And it came to pass when they had brought him forth abroad that he had said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain. So this is the escaping to the mountain. Lest thou be consumed. So we are told to escape to the mountain unless we are consumed. Okay, so again, this is the days of Noah and Lot that we are living in. So this was a reference to that day. Now the housetop is where we need to look back at what the Hebrews meant when they talked about housetops. So housetop is H1406, which means the top of the altar, which is the altar of incense. But what's the altar of incense? Well, we can find this out in Revelation 8.3. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. So the reference about not coming down from the housetop means to stay in the spirit and to remain in prayer. Pray without ceasing, like it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. This is because the prayers of the saints are actually filling up that golden censer. Now, him which is in the field is in relation to Lot's wife. So remember, we're always told, don't be like Lot's wife, don't turn back. So let's read about uh, this in Genesis 19.26. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. Now, in verse 19, there was a warning from one of the angels for them to not stay in the field. So again, there is your reference to the field. So the field and the plain, they are one in the same thing. Now, remember, two will be in the field and one will be taken and the other left. So in other words, not all who are called are chosen. Okay, so now that we have dealt with that deception, that this has got nothing to do with people in Israel waiting to see something happen to a building temple and they're sitting on their roofs and they're not allowed to come down and things like that, let's move on with the other verses. Verse 19. Now this one breaks my heart. <laughs> And woe to them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. <sighs> now, remembering that this is talking about the abomination that causes desolation. So why is it woe to these mothers? So heartbreakingly, I will share with you a couple of statistics so that you can understand why. Um, but I do encourage you to go to Rumble and type in miscarriage or breastfeeding and watch a few of these experts for yourself. So I've always said since the beginning of this pandemic that we should be listening to those who are willing to give up everything that they have ever worked for over this rather than those who are profiting from this scamdemic. So, you know what, that's another thing that I can recommend that you go and do a little bit of research on because the payouts that doctors were given 
just for reporting cases is absolutely jaw-dropping. So anyway, so back to the topic. So miscarriages increase by 297%. So you can see that in the bottom left-hand corner here. So that there was a court hearing. It's a video that, again, you can go and watch on Rumble. Um, the bottom right corner, 44% of women lost their babies in the FISA trials. And then they just happen to have lost the rest of the data. So <laughs> who knows what the, the real numbers were. There's a few more other things on there. So you can see, um, you know, mothers talking about how, you know, they were nursing a baby and they had inflamed arteries and things like that. Again, uh, Google will tell you that all of this is false information. Uh, we did go over that in the last video that I did, so you can go and have a look at that as well. Uh, I think you need to just understand that all of these big global companies are all owned by the exact same people. They have all the same shareholders. Um, you know, they are all working to the same agenda, which is Satan's agenda. And we are in the last days, so you can see how it's all tying together and working together. Now, remember that he causes great and small, free and bond, to receive this mark. So it started out with the great, so the, old, the older generation. Okay, now we're at the very small. Okay, we're at the six months. And then it's also, you know, those who are pregnant and give suck as well. So, you know, I think people seem to think that Satan will reveal everything overnight, that he will do it all at once. He is not that stupid, okay? He has had 6,000 years to figure this deception out. Every day that goes by, things get worse and worse and worse, and more and more evidence comes to light. There has not been one thing that has proved or disproved about this being the mark. If anything, it's been day after day after day that has confirmed that this is what it is. And at some point, we are going to have to come to terms with the fact that this is the mark. Okay, so now we're at verse 20. But pray ye that your flight not be in the winter or on the Sabbath day. Before we get into this verse, I just wanted to point out that it is only in the book of Matthew that it says anything about the Sabbath. The book of Mark and Luke only say, pray that your flight not be in the winter. Why is this? My King James Study Bible, at the beginning of the book of Matthew, it says, Matthew is the gospel written by a Jew to a Jew about a Jew. Also in Jubilees, chapter 2 verses 31 it says and the creator of all things blessed it but did not sanctify it for all people and nations to keep the sabbath thereon but israel alone them alone he permitted to eat and drink and keep sabbath there on the earth because the sabbath was the sign of the covenant between god and israel at the time now this explains clearly why this statement is only in Matthew. Nevertheless, we will look at this because it's very significant. Now, did the Jews actually pray that their flight would not be on the Sabbath? Well, I'm only making an assumption here, but I'm guessing not. Why? Because most of them are looking for their Messiah to appear this year, and they don't read the New Testament because they do not believe in Jesus. Now, was it actually a Sabbath? 
According to their man-made calendar, no, it wasn't. But according to God's celestial calendar, yes, it was. So remember that when we saw the abomination standing in the holy place or the luciferase in the temple, it was the 8th of December. Well, that was a Tuesday, and according to God's celestial clock based on the moon phases, it was the Sabbath. Now, Genesis 1.14 tells us that God said, let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. So back in the days where there was no technology, they knew the days and years by the sun and the moon, just as God had instructed. So looking at the moon phases here, there's something very significant. Each lunation cycle is numbered. And this particular lunation cycle is 1211. So the Holy Spirit prompted me to look this up in Strong's. So let's have a look together at what it says. So 1211, the definition of this. So it means indeed now. And then in brackets there it says used to give emphasis or urgency to a statement. In a clause expressing demand, so then indeed truly. Now, if we have a look down here at the helps word study, it says it often not even translated, even though it dramatically gives precision and emphasis to a command, implying that it is for a special purpose and to be obeyed at that time. Strongly affirms what at last has become clear and now may be assumed as true, has passed through the needed process and can be fully relied on, conveys what is surely the case. So this here says that it is the translation for the word now, but the word now is not even given anywhere near enough emphasis. So it is saying that your flight is now. The lunation cycle is saying that your flight is now. This is the time now on that exact day. How amazing is that? So when, when this falls on lunation cycle, that means one, two, one, one, which means now, now is the time to flee. This is the time to leave the world and escape the bee system because we are at the end and this is the abomination and it's time to sort your stuff out. Like, oh, I just, I find these things so amazing. God is perfect. Now, what about the winter part that is written in Mark and Luke also? Well, it was winter for half the world, but not the other half. Um, but we always need to have a look at Israel, and it was winter. But again, I'm going to ask, did anyone actually pray about this? Because we're told to pray that your flight not be in winter. No, because people were expecting the abomination to be on a building, just like Satan deceived man to believe. Oh, gosh, God's word is so good. <laughs> okay, verse 21. For there shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. So the word tribulation, 
is G2347, which means oppression, persecution, pressure, or burden. It's a time of distress. So the world seems to think, this is another one of Satan's grand deceptions. It seems to think that we are all gonna to have to start getting murdered or the bombs are gonna to have to start going off to be in tribulation. So all of that is part of judgment and wrath, but it's very different to tribulation. So if we change the word in verse 21 above, it would say, for then shall be great oppression, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no nor shall ever be. So this is just changing it straight to the meaning. I'm not changing the words of God. This is just so you can understand that this is the root word and this is the meaning. So now you can see that this oppression has never, ever happened before. Yes, maybe in certain countries like in Nazi Germany days, but not on a worldwide scale. You know, this is a global scale. So the oppression, I don't know if people realise, it got so bad that people lost their jobs for not complying. And in certain countries, people's bank accounts were even frozen. People were refused healthcare and were not allowed to enter hospitality venues. So, you know, I even had someone who was close to me so devastated because one of their family members turned around and said to them, well, if you're not going to get this, don't you dare go to hospital. Don't you dare fill up our systems and our beds and how dare you. But yet this person who was saying this doesn't take care of their health. They are on many medications because of their health. So again, it's just, these are the lies of the enemy. You know, this is how he has programmed everybody. Now, that is oppression on a scale that I've never, ever seen before. And you know what? We will never see it again. You know why? Because too many people have woken up now to ever allow this to happen again. This was not a trial run. There is no precursor. Neither of those things are in the Bible whatsoever. In John 16.33, it says, In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Again, change that word to its meaning, which is oppression or burden or persecution, and it paints an accurate picture of what the tribulation actually is. So this is... This is what we who have refused to comply with this whole beast system, this is what we've had to deal with. So when we read Acts 14.22, it states, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. It says we must go through much tribulation to enter the kingdom of God. If we don't go through tribulation, then we can't enter the kingdom of God. So again, it's another thing that's plain and clear. And it's another thing. It's another one of Satan's master deceptions. Again, I just don't think that people really understand just how manipulative and how deceiving he truly is. So now we're at the final verse, uh, which is verse 22. And except those days be shortened, there should be no flesh saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So Satan knew that his time would be shortened 
hence Operation Warp Speed. Or as we <laughs> know by what the Holy Spirit's revealed uh, about the mingling of seeds, just like in the days of Noah, we could even look at this and see it as Operation War on the Seed. Um, now, warp speed means something at rapid speed or at the speed of light. So again, this is Lucifer's light. It's his speed of light. So we learn in Revelation 3.5 that there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and powers given to him to continue for 42 months, which is three and a half years. So if he was originally given 42 months, but the time was shortened, then we really need to have a look at our timeline. Now, but before we do that, I want to have a look at a couple more verses which really goes over ways in which Satan has deceived the masses. The first is about the son of perdition. So let's read 2 Thessalonians 2 verses 3 to 4. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So first of all, the falling away. So falling away is G646, which is apostasia, which means deflection from truth. So this plan demonic has been the biggest test of faith the world will ever see. If you fell away from the truth, then you fell for Satan's lies and his deceptions. Now, the man of sin being revealed next. So this is simply just a sinner, nothing more, nothing less. Then we have the son of perdition. Perdition is G684, Apollaya, which is the destruction of the vessel or those who are perishing. This has been the great revealing of the souls of men. We don't know people's hearts and deep thoughts, but God does. He knows all of our inner thoughts. Although these people may be professing Christians, they chose the world. This has created the great falling away. They chose the serpent on the pole, the deflection from truth. So the next verse goes on to say, who opposeth and exalteth him himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So there's a huge clue here at the beginning of this verse, and that is who, as in the who, as in the world organisation for health. So they have opposed and exalted themselves above everything by their mandates, by their treaties. So they have managed to get the seed of the fallen ones to sit inside the temples of almost six billion people. Now we need to remember that back in the days of Noah, that there was only a handful that were on the ark, okay? The world was full then. Now, it's, it's such a sad reality, but this is one that God ordained. So God ordains everything. 
He has always been in control and we have to remind ourselves of this every single day. You know, thank goodness we have the comforter because, you know, without him, we would literally be losing our minds. So now I just want to take you on to the second verse that a lot of people will throw in your face about the mark. The verse we're going to look at is Revelation 13, 15. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now, this v verse is why people seem to think that tribulation means mass murder. But as always, we need to look at the meanings of a word or a phrase in our strongs. So let's have a look at the word killed, which is G615, which is apoklino. Sorry, <laughs> not very good with these Greek and Hebrew words. So this actually means allow to perish or kill in any way whatsoever. So allowing to perish, let's think about the things that we have seen. So people were denied the rights to employment, which means they couldn't earn money. People were denied access to food outlets. People's bank accounts were frozen in certain countries. People were denied access to healthcare, just like what we spoke about before. And people were being locked down without any food. So that's still happening today over in China. They've actually got drones flying through their streets. And if there is one case that gets known of, the entire, you know, postcode gets locked down without a warning. There is no, like what we've had here in Australia, we're going to be locked down from, you know, 1 p.m. tomorrow. And so go out and get the things you need. And it's a big, massive rush at the shops. No, none of that over there. Now, I also wanted to have a look at this a little bit more in depth. So I had a look at other Strong's definitions and dictionary entries also. So if we have a look in the bottom right, so it talks about this being metaphorical. So metaphoric, figurative, symbolic. So this means to die to self spiritually so one can be born again. So... Again, the, the, the killing is a, can be a moral death. It can be allowed, being allowed to perish. So moral death. So morals are dead. So if you have a look at the Merriam-Webster dictionary down the bottom there, you will see it talks about moral. Moral is something to do with, you will see all these words like conform, sanctions, right behaviour, standards, ethical judgments, expressing right and wrong actions. Okay, so these are all the things, the morals are dead. People don't have a choice with all of these things. We have to conform or that's it, or we're expelled from society, basically. So this is the oppression. And remember that you'll know, know a Harari, you'll know a Harari had said that free will, well, that is over. Now, so here you see that once again, there is a carnal way that Satan has taught the people that taught the people to think. And there's also a deeper meaning that only the spirit can reveal to you. 
Now to add to this, I know a lot of people will throw in Revelation 6.11, which states, and white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest for a little season until their fellow servants and also their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Now there are souls that have been sitting under that altar for 2,000 years. So most of the apostles, plus many, many more, you know, not only in the Bible, but throughout all of history that have been beheaded for the gospel and for fighting the truth and the tyranny and the oppression. So this doesn't just mean today. So again, Satan is the master deceiver. He has fooled us all at some point or another. He will even try and deceive the elect if that were even possible. So if you haven't been praying fervently for discernment over the past couple of years, then there is a good chance that you have been deceived. I always like to do the Elisha thing here and ask for a double portion. <laughs> um, you can never have too much discernment. So after all, 1 Peter 5a warns us very clearly to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour us all. He knows his fate and he wants to drag as many people as he can to that pit with him. You know, God uses Satan to sort the wheat from the tares. So just have a look back at Job, you know, it's one of my favourite books in the whole Bible. Job lost everything, but he still never renounced his faith. He did question why God would do these things, and God wasn't very happy about that at all. We need to remember that God is doing all of this for reasons that we cannot understand, but we just have to trust in him completely and never, ever renounce our faith and never, ever put the serpent on the pole over Jesus on the pole, who is our one true healer. Now, that was an extremely intense study of a very small snippet of a verse. <laughs> so before I let you go, I want to do a recap of the timelines because we've gone over this a little bit and I think it's very important for people, again, to see exactly where we're at. Now, we need to look again at when the abomination was set up. This isn't when, the, when it was in the temple, it was when it was actually set up. There are two different verses here. So you can see at the bottom of the screen here that the setup was March 11th, and this was taken straight off the WHO website. They needed to, the setup to be able to change times and laws, just like Daniel prophesied about in chapter 7, verse 25. And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws and they shall be given into his hand until a time, times, and the dividing of time. They needed to do this to bring in the untested pharmacia with undisclosed ingredients in it. Emergency acts is how they do that. Now, this also says that they will be, the saints will be given into his hands for a time, times and providing of time. 
So this is three and a half years or 42 months. This verse goes hand in hand with the two witnesses, uh, which we are. And if you haven't seen my two witnesses uh, video, please go and watch that because it will really explain it for you. Um, so this here says, and I'll appoint my two witnesses and they will prophesy for 1260 days clothed in sackcloth. Now, also Revelation 13.5, another verse that goes with this, it says, and there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and the power was given unto him to continue 40 and two months. So that there is, was talking about the beast. So we need to add three and a half years on to this March 11, 2020. Now, I just wanted to remind everyone that his bride, we are not appointed to wrath. So Luke 21, 26, watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the son of man. So I hope that everyone has been praying like crazy because the rapture is a reward for those who have been fully consecrated and have made themselves pure white in the blood of the lamb. First Thessalonians 5.9 says, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're not appointed to wrath. Now, Revelation 14 verses 9 through 10 says, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in their forehead or their hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cups of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. So here you can see that those who took the mark are appointed to wrath. So this is the fire and brimstone as in the days of Lot. So remember, we did a bit of a study on those in Judea who are on in the mountains that all this had to do with the days of Lot. And also we talked about the abomination um, that that which is determined gets poured out upon the desolate. Again, this is what is being poured out upon them. Now, Revelation 9.5 says, And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but they should be tormented for five months. And their torment was as the torment of scorpions when he striketh a man. So this torment will go on for five months. We also need to consider this five months within this 42 months because they're only given power for 42 months. Now, this five months has to fall within that time. Now, before I finalise the timeline, I just want to clear a few things up. Again, these are some of Satan's grand deceptions. So the first one, but nobody knows the day or the hour. So Matthew 24, we need to read verses 35 and 36 as one. Again, there never used to be chapter breaks in the original Bible. Now, all the Bibles these days have a chapter break between verses 35 and 36. And again, one of Satan's grand deceptions. So heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day or hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels in heaven, but my father only. So people like to use that as the rapture. 
okay, that no man knoweth the day or the hour. This isn't talking about the rapture. This is talking about when heaven and earth pass away. Now, we can see, we can know by the timeline. Sorry, you know, let me, let me start again. So we can know by the timeline that there's about 42 months. However, God is going to speed things up, as it says. Otherwise, for the sake of the elect, you know, no flesh should be saved otherwise. But how can someone even know the timeline? So let's read on here. So God promised that he would reveal his secrets. So in Amos 3.7 says, Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he reveals his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. Now, again, who is a prophet? A prophet is someone who prophesies. So this is one of the many gifts from the Holy Spirit. So 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. 1 Corinthians 2.10, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. So as you can see, our God reveals mysteries that can only be revealed through the Holy Spirit. Who he chooses to reveal these to is completely up to him and not for any of us to question. Now, our job is to test all spirits and to test the information that is presented to us. We must take absolutely everything to prayer and we need to read the word for ourselves. We also need to study as well. So why don't theologians know this? Well, theologians aren't necessarily the ministers or the pastors, which we spoke about earlier. However, Satan has infiltrated all these institutions. This is exactly where he started to manipulate the minds and the words of God. So hence the gazillion Bible translations that we have today. So Satan's grandest deception is making people think that they have more time. You know, if we add this to the hyper grace, once saved, always saved, prosperity type movements, then you have the majority of Christians fooled and still living like they have plenty of time left. You know, living your best life now. Now, Colossians 1.26 tells us that even the mystery which has been hidden from the ages and from generations, but now it's made manifest to his saints. We are clearly in the last days and these mysteries are being manifest just as it was written thousands of years ago. Every single dot and tittle in God's word will be fulfilled. And this is one of those words that is being fulfilled. Now let's put all these together. So the setup was March 11, 2020. If we add 42 months, three and a half years or time times and half a time or time times and the dividing of time, you get to September 11, 2023 the illegitimate lights, the Nelly Furtado. Now you know why that day is so significant. The enemy knows the Bible better than anybody else does. So does this mean we will see the five months of torment of those who took the mark? Maybe. Will everyone be tormented at the same time? Or does it start from when they took the mark? 
Well, it doesn't say, but we, you know, we've started to see the grievous sores breaking out on people and things like that that have. But for some things, we're going to have to wait and see. The Lord just keeps unraveling mysteries as we go along. So we have to keep listening and keep looking up no matter what. Now, looking at the timeline above, we also need to remember that in Matthew 24, 22, um, it tells us that except those days should be shortened, there would be no flesh saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. Now, this is talking about the last 42 months. It's all in that exact same section of verses. So we're not quite sure exactly how this is all going to pan out or if time shortened, how much by. Um, but there is, there's one more thing I just wanted to add here. So Daniel 12 verses 11 to 12. So 12, 11 to 12, it says from the time that the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that causes desolation is set up, there will be 1290 days. So that's an extra 30 days on top of the, the two, uh, 1260 or the time times half time. Blessed is the one who waits for and reaches the end of the 1335 days. So is that when the wrath gets poured out again? We don't know yet. Um, there are mysteries that only the Holy Spirit can reveal. So in these last days, it is so important we're told to stay sober-minded, to be sober and to watch and to pray always that we are accounted worthy to escape all these things. So God can, you know, end time when he wants to. And, you know, by Operation Warp Seed or Warp Speed, <laughs> um, you know, Satan knew that he needed to get this done really quickly because his time was short. So I think we need to keep looking up. We need to stay in prayer always. Always pray that we're accounted worthy to escape these things. Um, and... You know, we know that we are in this last 42 months and we are so, so, so close. Obviously, if the Lord reveals anything else, um, I will absolutely bring it out to you. So don't forget to subscribe, um, turn on the notification bells, because again, the YouTube is actually run by Google and we know that they are the 666. They have it in their Chrome logo and things like that. So they will shadow ban channels and they will hide videos and things like that. Um, so having those bells on, it really does help you get the videos. So, uh, I love you all, uh, and I'll see you on the next one.